Investor intelligence provides general information only. You should consider seeking independent advice to see how this information relates to your unique circumstances. Please refer to the terms and conditions available at investorintelligence.com.au for more. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Investor Intelligence, brought to you by the team of the Property Mentors. It's your weekly podcast for all things investment. My name is Phoebe Sikowski-Wallace. As always, I am your host. And today I am joined by Chelsea Burton, our amazing mortgage broker, If this is the first episode you're tuning into, Chelsea is a senior broker at an independent mortgage broking firm uh, used exclusively by the property mentors specializing in investment property loans. Chelsea, welcome back. Thank you for joining me again for this uh, little bonus episode. How are you? My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you. That's good. So the last times uh, you were on, we spoke about what you should look for in your loan and the difference your deposit can make. But this time I've brought you back to address the nice big elephant in the room, which is interest rates are rising. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've now seen four months of cash rate rises from the RBA and banks all appear to be passing this on through their variable rates. Um, from our end, we're at least hearing that, you know, this is making a lot of investors nervous. But as a mortgage broker on, on, on your end, what are you kind of seeing at the moment? Yeah, I think um, there was definitely a bit of nervousness around, particularly uh, in June, July after the first two rate rises. Mm. But things seem to have gone back to normal now. People seem to not be caring so much. Um, mm. Business has definitely gotten busier again. So I think I think we're going to be okay. Okay. Well, that's really good to hear then. Yeah, I think it's the same as like at the start, it was a bit more um, yeah, nerve wracking. People are now, especially our members are a bit more um, at ease with it because again, we're here to, to guide them through it. Exactly right. Exactly. And, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of additional interest is not really the, the be all and end all of investing. No, that's right. So to start off, talk about how does the cash rate from the RBA actually relate to mortgage rates in general? Okay, so the cash rate from the RBA is the rate that banks buy money at. Yes. So, like any other uh, product that you buy in retail, there's a you know a wholesaler and then the, the the retail shop adds their margin and they sell it to you. The same is true with the bank. So they buy their money from the RBA, mm. they add their margin to it, and then they sell it to you. So every time the RBA increases their rates, the banks will likely increase theirs too. They don't have to do it by the same amount that the RBA is. There's no sort of um, requirement for it to be identical. So sometimes they increase it by less, sometimes they'll increase it by more and each bank is individual based on their cost of funding and and their profit line requirements. Yeah, okay. And I mean, sort of at the end of the day, they try to do their research and they base it on what's going to make them money as well as be able to lend money to people. 
Exactly right. At the end of the day, banks have their own shareholders to to be responsible to and they have to pay them dividends so they need to make sure that they're making their profit margins. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So increased interest rates obviously mean increased loan repayments and uh, following on from that financial commitments from investors and homeowners. This will then obviously affect things like their personal budget each month. But how does this affect things such as their future borrowing capacities? So increased interest rates obviously means a bigger commitment for existing loans and it means a bigger commitment for future loans. So it does have an impact on borrowing capacities. Um, you, you still only have the same amount of disposable income, mm. which, you know, more is required for a smaller interest rate or for, for a smaller loan amount now. So it does affect your borrowing capacity. Um, depending on your income, it can be a very small amount. It can be slightly more significant. Mm. Um, so obviously, yeah, that's going to have an ongoing impact. Um, but at the end of the day, it also improves your tax deductibility as an investor because the more interest you're paying, part of it's write-offable. So um, as an investor, it doesn't have quite the impact as it does as an owner-occupier. Mm-hmm. And do all lenders calculate borrowing capacities and pre-approvals in the same way? No. All lenders have their own policies and own calculators mm. and own ways that they look at things. So th- there's no sort of consistency between lenders. They all have their little niches and they all have things that they just totally exclude, um, which is why you come to a broker because we know all of those sort of ins and outs. That's our job. Mm. So if you go to a, a, you know, a single lender, they'll say, well, this is our policy and we can't do that or we can do this. Uh, whereas if you go to a broker, they'll say, okay, well, based on your financial situation, we need to look at this bank because they're going to be the most accepting of your income. Yeah. Um, and then they all have different, uh, you know, minimums for expenses. They all have different ways of how they look at existing debts. They all have different ways of how they look at things like private school fees or health insurance or life insurance. So every lender is different. They're all unique, but there's a solution out there for most people. Mm, yeah, it's again, it's my favorite fact. And I, I think I bring it up every episode of ours. But, you know, banks aren't going to tell you if a, if one of the other banks has a better deal going on, or if they, I don't know, if they give you more, if they don't exclude things that you want. And that's what that's exactly why mortgage brokers exist. I love that. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so are there options for people to get loans from lesser known lenders instead of just the four banks? Because I think a lot of people forget that there are more than just the big four. Absolutely. I mean, there are, if you want to walk into a branch and set up a loan, you've got very limited options. But in Australia, we have, I think it's around 70 different main bank funding lenders. And then wow. there's a bunch of private options as well. So there are so many options available. Um, and what you'll find is that the big four tend to be a lot more conservative in terms of their borrowing capacities than some of the smaller funders. So, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you, the smaller funders are going to have huge interest rates. Quite often they're cheaper as well. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, was there a bit of a catch to going with a lesser one if they're, if they're willing to not be as conservative? But th- there are definitely ones that will, will give you just as good an interest rate. Absolutely. I mean, there are some exceptions to that rule. So sure. there are, um, you know, if, if it's a particularly risky application, they're going to charge for it. But mm. if it's just, you know, good PAYG incomes, great savings levels, good asset position, and we just need a slightly bigger loan than a big four is prepared to give you, yeah, quite often you'll get that at a cheaper rate than a big four. Mm. 
One of the most important aspects of your investment property is your investment loan. And it's important that you find the right loan for your property, portfolio, and personal situation. Using a mortgage broker can take a lot of the stress out of finding the right loan for you. Visit investorintelligence.com.au forward slash mortgages to find your next investment mortgage broker. So as a hypothetical, with the uncertainty of interest rates at the moment, could someone purchase a property now, settle on that property, fix their loan now, and avoid these kind of predicted interest rate rises in the near future? Yes, but no. So this is one of those kind of crystal ball situations, right, where I'd love to know what's mm. going to happen in the future. I'd love to you know, be at the end of it and go, ah, oh, that's what happened. Because yeah. <laughs> talking to different banks, they've all got different ideas of what's going to happen. Um, and some of them are mm. saying, yep, we're going to see two more interest rate rises. This year, they'll both be half a percent. Then it's going to stall for six months and then it's going to start backing off. Um, others are saying they're going to keep going up for a little while. Others are saying we're nearly at the end of it. So it's it's really difficult to know what's going to happen. But if you watch fixed rates, it gives you a bit of an indication of what the banks think are going to happen. So there was a really long time there where fixed rates were at the same or cheaper than the variable rate. And that meant that the banks thought that they were going to, that rates were going to come down. Now, fixed rates are quite significantly higher than the variable rate. So that means mm. banks think that the rates are going to go up. So if you're looking at one, two-year fixed rates, quite often they're one, one and a half percent higher than the bank's variable rate. And then if you're looking at three and four-year interest rates, they tend to be a little bit cheaper now. So yes, you can fix in now, but if you fix in now, you're going to be paying more than you would be if the loan was variable. So if you think that interest rates are going to go up two or three percent, then mm. fixing now is a great plan because it'll sort of average out your cost. But if you sort of believe what the banks think and, and, and they're, they're only going to go up maybe one more percent and then they might start backing off a bit, then paying one and a half extra for a fixed rate doesn't seem to be a very good deal. Mm, okay. So yes, you can lock in a fixed rate, but locking in a fixed rate doesn't mean you're getting the current variable rate. It means that you're getting whatever the bank is currently offering that's fixed and it's going to be more expensive than their current variable rate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so most people have, you know, a mortgage for say like a 30-year term and mm -hmm. obviously so much can change between now and then. Is it almost silly to be focusing on the next month and the next year or the next two or three years when this could all kind of settle itself over, settle itself out over the, the next 30 years? Well, even though a mortgage is a 30-year loan product, most people refinance their loans every three to four years. Yeah. Right? So that's, it, it is more of a short-term thing really because it, you need to be looking at how your cash flow is going to work with the existing, well, with the new loan repayments that you're going to be making. And Interest rates historically are at five, six, seven percent. Like that's where they're supposed to be. Mm. We've had it really cheap for a long time, and we've all gotten very used to not paying a great deal on our mortgages and instead spending that money on our life and you know eating out and mm. having fun and all that sort of stuff. And I think now it's really more a situation of yes, we need to focus on the next few months. Mm. We need to focus on the next year or two and assume that interest rates are going to be at least where they are now. 
and we need to work out, okay, how can we pull back our budgets a little bit so that we can keep investing and we can keep the house that we live, that we love and that we live in. And, you know, maybe we're overspending in some other areas where we don't need to, um, because that is going to be a focus moving forward. Hmm. Did you find a lot of people were putting down fixed rates when interest rates were like super low when they were one point, what was it? One point. We got down to 1.84 on an yeah. occupied fixed rate. Okay. Um, I think there were even some in the high 1.7s. So it got really cheap. And yes, a lot of people fixed, um, but a lot of people fixed for two years. Okay. So what we're seeing now is that those fixed rates are starting to expire, um, which means that the people who were on 1.79 and 1.84 are now going to be on interest rates of 3.8, 4. mm. Um so there's quite a significant jump in the repayments that are going to come up for those people. So it's a great time if you've got fixed rates expiring to have a chat to your mortgage broker and mm. see what options there are out there for you. Yeah, yeah, most certainly. Chelsea, is there anything else you want to add that you think would be helpful for, for the listeners to, to know about this? Yeah, look, I think it's really important to understand that interest rates are usually 4 5 and 6%. They're not mm. usually 2%. So we've had a bonus, we've had a great run, but it could never last. So this is not something that was that was unexpected. It had to happen. Sure. Um, and we need to be realistic about the fact that it's, it's not going to change, mm. right? It, it's going to stay where it is. So we need to look at, okay, this is where it is. For investors, it's great because it means rent's going to go up. It means that our tax deductions are going to go up. It means, you know, that... Mm. Uh, property prices aren't going to stall. I mean, I know there's a lot of issues in the media, but yeah, a lot of hype. What do they know? Yeah, right? they, they like to get excited about things. Mm. <laughs> but interest rates are going to be where they are, and we need to look at okay, where in our family budget do we not need to be spending so that we can still go ahead and do all the things that we want to do and go ahead and make our fin- ourselves financially free? Because at the end of the day, we want to work to live, not live to work, and mm. so. You know, we need to be setting ourselves up in a way where we can do that and we can be financially free at the end of the day and investing is the key. So, um, yeah, managing your budget in order to keep investing is is going to be the way forward. Yeah, okay. And just remembering interest rates are always a part of it. And, I mean, as you said, they're still pretty much lower than ever if, if they're sitting at three, three point, mm-hmm. what was it? Sorry, three point. They're about 3.8 to four and a half at the moment. Okay, and they usually sit at between five and seven. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that'd be really helpful for, for a lot of people to to hear that. But Chelsea, yeah. thank you so much for your time today. It's always a pleasure to have you. My pleasure. If you want to book yourself in with Chelsea, you can actually find a link in our show notes. Um, but yeah, thank you as always. Can't wait to have you back again. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Phoebe. If you found this episode or any of our episodes helpful, please make sure to share and leave a rating to help us reach more people on their investing journeys. And of course, subscribe to be notified when new episodes drop. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Investor Intelligence Podcast. You can find links to our other socials in the show notes, including a link to the Property Mentors weekly blog. If you're ready to get your property portfolio in shape for financial freedom, check out Luke's latest book, Property Fit. You can get yourself a copy at www.propertyfitbook.com.au.